0: Everything out there in the world you can you can find you got books collectibles uh, Pop-up greeting cards. They have all kinds of amazing items and right now you can get 35% off site-wide by using the code DC 35 that's DC 35 EWS 3 5 DC 35 use that code and receive 35% off site-wide at insighteditions.com
1: Hello, sound fans and lovers of DC Comics and everything that goes with them. Welcome to the DC Comics News Podcast, episode 104. And funnily enough, there are four of us here this evening. First of all, the mighty Brad. Hey, hey, everybody. The superior Seth. Why, hello. And the really needs a nap, Kendra.
2: I'm just a sleeper assassin. That's that's all it is.
1: Aha. Uh-huh. Sniper rifles at the ready. Uh-huh. Welcome, welcome, welcome one and all to another episode of your favourite news show. And if it isn't your favourite news show, just stop watching and listening to all the others. Because this one's the best. Who says so? We say so. We're going to talk about movies, we're going to talk about TV and streaming, we're going to talk about comics and other things too. But let's start big. Big screen, that is, with the movie news and... Finally, March eighteenth, Snyder Cut is coming our way. Brad. Uh
3: thank you. Um, you know, because I, I I had my doubts that this was going to actually be released in March. You know, I thought that, you know, something would happen, whether it was COVID related or getting the effects just right that it would be delayed until possibly the summer but now we have a firm date so that's that's great news and i am pretty confident that if they're you know they announce that date that it's that they're going to stick to it so uh, that's great we don't have that long to wait so i'm counting down the days Uh, seth what do
4: you think well, Brad, you're welcome. Not that I have any, like, responsibility, but, <laughs> but when someone says thank you, I feel like, like, someone else should be saying you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> I think this is awesome. I love the announcement. I, I've i already decided, I know I've got a class starting on the 15th, and, like, I'm already, like, plotting how it is that I can build out the 18th, or maybe even the midnight of the 17th going into the <laughs> You know, to, uh, to have some fun with this. But I, I think the best thing in the world is the fact that we've, you know, seen how well HBO Max and hopefully others will, too. The idea of streaming and theaters at the same time and the effect it's going to have. And given how much we've been talking about this movie, it's just great to hear that we're finally that much closer. Like, there's a date. We can all build towards it in the ways we need to. Healthy, unhealthy, dangerous, whatever. And uh, I think that's going to be a fun thing to lead up to. I'm sure we'll have a few more stories about this along the way. Kendra, what do you think?
2: Oh, I'm positive that there will be more stories about it along the way because we've covered a lot, like almost every every change, every dip, every everything when it comes to the Snyder Cut. So for me i'm glad to see that it's getting a date because that gives people a lot to look forward to especially since we've been dealing with absolute chaos for the last how long so for those who have been waiting to see this not only if theaters are open in their area do they get a chance to see it that way should they choose but if you're an hbo max subscriber you get it the same day that theaters do so there isn't any like Push to get people to the theaters when when they can actually watch it and experience it, you know, live and in their home. So I I love that and and I'm glad that HBO Max has been so upfront and 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 on top of things when it comes to being able to do these types of releases. It it really does help with those who aren't able to get to the theaters to see their favorite flicks or for those who have supported the Snyder Cut getting out. Steve, what about you?
1: <sighs> truth is um we're still under lockdown which they say may be lifted at some point in march so theaters are out and of course we don't have hbo max so guys i really hope you enjoy it on around march 18th because lord only knows when uh, people on this side of the world will get to see it so um I don't know. I'm, I'm glad it's got a date. I'm glad it's officially happening. Um, not so glad it's actually a full four-hour movie again. I was uh, much more keen on the four one-hour episodes. But hey, let's just see what happens and see if I ever get to see it. <sighs> DC Comics, if you're listening, can you please send
4: Steve a review copy now? It would be very great. He runs uh-huh. an amazing website. And I believe he, as long as the rest of the staff at DC Comics News and Dark Knight News, are worthy of a copy. So that's my little just, you know, out to the universe, DC Comics, if you're listening. His name is J. Ray.
1: And I'll be your best friend forever. See? Look at that. With the icing. This guy. (laughs) Please. And in other Snyder Cut related news, um, Mr. Snyder has gone on the record to tell us um, the real reasons. Obviously, some of them are well documented, but others not so well known as to why he stepped away from Justice League. Originally, Mr. Faliki, your thoughts, please, sir. Uh, you know, I can't
3: I can't blame him, uh, you know, for dealing with a family loss. And then dealing with all this studio intrusion, at some point, something's got to give. So, of course, you're going to be there for your family and you're going to walk away from the movie. I'm sure it broke his heart, but now he can kind of, you know, finally have his time in the sun to show his vision. And I I certainly don't blame him. And I, you know, at the end of the day, I hope that Warner Brothers learns a few lessons from this whole experience, not to meddle. Because, from what I've seen in the past and what I've read, uh, they do tend to be heavy handed when it uh, comes to getting involved in in movies that they're that that's you know under their umbrella, so hopefully they'll learn to step back a little bit ah seth
4: what do you think? I thought it was really thoughtful. I was just really impressed with his sense of you know understanding where he was and what his priorities were. And I, I have a lot of respect for the um, honesty that he reveals in this. I mean, granted, there's parts of his phrase, uh, his statement that are quoted in this uh, story that I can't state verbatim because <laughs> that's not the language we use on this show. But realizing that his family needed him more than anything else and knowing that That was his priority, I think, is huge. And then also just acknowledging the vulnerability that he just had no fight in him. Um, I honestly believe that there are projects. I mean, I thought that was one of the reasons why I also gave a lot of credit to Ben Affleck for stepping away from the Batman or Batman project he was working on because he said, I didn't have that in me to give this what this project needed. And I knew somebody else did and would. And I, I, think Snyder's recognition in this story that at the time, you know, not only was it not a priority, but he didn't have the fight in him. And, you know, Brad, as you pointed out what he would be fighting against, uh, you know, some pretty heavy handed, uh, people involved when you've got something that's more important, like family loss, which I think everyone can understand in their uh, own interpretation, it, it, it carries a weight that has a value above anything else. So I I love the insight and I was also just, you know, uh, very aware of the fact that he was so conscientious and that he was so willing to share that in a public forum. Kendra, what was your take?
2: I always feel really iffy when I I see people who are in the public. I... I see private parts of their life that don't feel like they're meant to be public. And Snyder is, he's a really good example of that because this was absolutely a personal tragedy that didn't need to be as public as it was, but because of him being a part of Justice League, it was. I like that this this article and and the interview with him kind of give him a way for him to speak his own words about it rather than it being an assumption of how he feels or an assumption of what's going on, I like that he gets to address what was happening and how he was dealing with it and and what he was going up against in his own words. That part of that was was really nice because he's doing it on his terms rather than it being something that's coming against him. So for that, I, I really liked seeing the insight and, like you said, Seth, seeing his vulnerability. Steve, what about you?
1: yeah absolutely i mean a family tragedy is something that should be kept private and treated treated with respect at the end of the day and what happened to his daughter was was horrible and um he needed time with his family and the last thing he needed was studio interference and like you said brad Warner Brothers are notorious for it. I mean, look at the version of Justice League we actually got. That was a a complete melting pot of mediocrity. It was a hodgepodge movie made by committee. No one knew what they were doing. And you can see it watching it with changes of the scenes, which parts were directed by Whedon, which parts were directed by Snyder. And it was just not cohesive and it did not flow at all. So... Love it or hate it, whatever happens with this film, if you're going to hate it, at least you're going to hate the film the director wanted to make in the first place. And that's a relief. So creativity wins. He's had time to spend with his family. And like you said, Kendra, he spoke his truth and everyone's now heard it. So now let's just put on. Um, all the horrors of the last few years behind us and try and aim for a more positive future uh, of course dark side ruling, really, and we all know that dark side is speaking of that part of the family steppenwolf has been revealed no not the 60s 70s legendary rock band we all know that they were born to be wild no the character his uncle on a t-shirt brad
3: uh, this design looks a little more uh, badass than what we what we got, so I, I like the fact that this this shows kind of you know just how far Zack Snyder went to make this his vision, completely well not necessarily completely but changing the character designs and things like that. So uh, yeah, once again, it's just you know it's something that makes me you know excited to you know to see this.
4: Uh, Seth what do you think I just love that this is yet another episode in which we know more because of products <laughs> it's been this ongoing thing it's happening a lot <laughs> these days <isn't> it? Brad <laughs> and I were talking about it last week about Darkseid appearing and then what was it like two or three weeks ago it was the Riddler appearing on the Mountain Dew thing Mountain Dew <laughs> <laughs> There is a part of me that just chuckles with, like, uh, belly-shaking guffaws at the the whole idea of of how we're getting this information. But then it brings me back to what, uh, you know, was mentioned just now. Brad, you know, great call. I also dig the design. I like that the appearance feels in this one like um, the exoskeleton almost feels, like, bone-like, that it it feels a little... uh, more organic than just a a metal suit and that there's uh, some other character like features and details. And then I just like the, the aspect of the mother boxes around it. it's a really cool design. Uh, I dig it. Kendra, how about you?
2: I'm glad he looks, uh, I'm glad he looks intimidating. And I, I actually agree with you guys about the relationship that, that product placement has had when it comes to, launches in the last goodness knows how long although i will admit that i've been looking for the the riddler mount not that we drink pop in our house but i want one um but i mean i i like that we're getting to see more of of what snyder's vision was for these characters versus what we got in the 2017 release so i i dig it steve what about you
1: I never would have counted you as a as an NSYNC fan. Dirty pop, dirty, dirty pop. You don't have pop in your house. Well, I don't blame you because it's dirty. Um, as for Steppenwolf, he's spiky. I like him. He looks dangerous. He looks mean. He looks menacing. And I hope his face is slightly better animated than the original version. So um, thank you, Merch. Thank you for giving stuff away. Um, Sometimes it's action figures, giving away designs. This time it's T-shirts. And Brad, as our fashion master, you should be very proud that your industry, the side of the business that you know, (laughs) love, and should be running, quite honestly, has revealed the secrets once again. (laughs) And speaking of secrets <laughs> revealed, ooh, 12 characters, nine confirmed, three rumored in that little known independent film that nobody's ever heard of, the Snyder Cut of the Justice League. Brad, what do you think of this dirty dozen?
3: Uh, I can't say I was surprised by any of them. I'm just really curious how much screen time they're all going to get. And how that's all going to work as far as pacing goes, because that's a, a, I mean, granted, it's four hours, but that's still a lot to put into a film to, you know, to to give them all a purpose. So I'm, I'm really anxious to see exactly what these characters do, especially in terms of, you know, the Green Lantern, uh, you know, so, you know, we will we, uh, we'll see. Uh, Seth, what do you think?
4: Well, I was definitely intrigued by the idea of seeing these characters appear, especially the the three that are not yet confirmed. Um, you know, for the ones that are, there there was a you know to a degree like, oh, I knew this, but the the three, the the Green Lantern choice was was one that really caught my attention. Uh, the idea of seeing the others, and then also just thinking about how they were confirmed, uh, you know. It makes me want to sort of pay as close attention as possible, watch as much as possible and just sort of sink into the parts. Because I know for me, one of the things that I'm probably going to notice the most about the movie, aside from the length, is the experience. You know, what sort of atmosphere it creates and how these characters and seeing them in it will will make a difference for me. So it was interesting that at first I was really drawn to, okay, so which are confirmed and and which are and which ones have we already talked about and where where the differences. And then another part of me that was just taking the whole, as Steve calls them, dirty dozen into consideration and how together they're going to add to the atmosphere of the movie. I'm actually really intrigued now to see how the the layers they can offer will uh, create that atmosphere and what it's going to be like when we've all seen it. And we're doing that thing we've done after such great movies in the past, which is just have so much fun talking about it. Kendra, how about you?
2: For me, it, it it creates an excitement that goes above and beyond uh, the Snyder Cut because with the Snyder Cut, especially with cameos like these, it it lends to what doors are going to be open for character stories going forward. Um, one of the ones that caught me was Robin because we, you know, Snyder has said in the past that he wants to create a story um, of the Joker killing Robin. So, I mean, it doesn't necessarily hint to death in the family, but it. who knows? And then, like with you, and with you, Seth, and, and Brad, Green Lantern caught me as well, but for, I think, a different reason. Because I would love to see even the beginning foundation for maybe Blackest Night, Brightest Day coming in the future. Because if we have Green Lantern, regardless of which Lantern it is, it's still going to set up that that story could eventually happen. Steve, what about you?
1: Oh, I like your thinking there, and because that's a classic story. But I mean, we, the, the little glimpse we did see of Green Lantern in the battle scene in the original Justice League was one of my favorite moments. It was just over far too quickly. But again, Robin intrigues me, of course, being a Bat fan, it would. But, um, does anyone remember the original advertising the posters the campaign when justice league was still under Zack snyder's hands and everywhere you looked it was just unite the seven and then the film we got just had six justice league members so who was that seventh is it the martian Manhunter, who we now know is definitely making albeit a cameo appearance he's making an appearance or will it be green lantern because if it's green lantern then that is the Justice League members that were introduced in the new 52, which was still just finishing when the original Justice League movie came out, but it was in full flow when the Justice League movie was being made by Zack Snyder. So, Unite the Seven, well, right now we've got 12, 9 definites, and I can't wait to see the rest. So, we'll just have to keep our eyes peeled and see what happens, I guess, and... uh, Well, I'm looking forward to it, and I think it sounds like we all are. Now, something else I'm looking forward to, and more and more with every little glimpse I get, um, is the new Suicide Squad movie by James Gunn. And we've got some sneak little pieces of the film we've never seen before in the new extended HBO Max trailer. Brad, what did you think about this?
3: I'm right there with you. Uh, Any any bit of footage I can see from this, i uh, in there. And we did, you know, granted a lot of it was, uh, was Harley Quinn because she, you know, she's the the most well-known and, you know, so that, that just made sense. But even footage of the, of her is, is cool. And I think we got a little peacemaker in there. Not only that, but we got some, some, uh, good footage from other movies coming out. Like it was for me being a Sopranos fan, it was cool seeing a uh, little bit of footage from, uh, Uh, the many saints of newark so yeah it's cool guys if you haven't watched that definitely go go and check it out uh seth what'd you think
4: i thought the trailer was such a smart way to you know just as steve said give us a couple of those little glimmers of peaks i think the longest segment that they showed that included the suicide squad was maybe three seconds maybe four and actually it was a really fun exchange with john cena and uh idris elba which looked i mean it looked pretty cute uh it, it definitely uh makes a or takes a position on the idea of showing off and i'd say if you'd like to know more about that find this trailer watch it and then let us know what you think you know about showing off because there is an argument that when you do it right uh, as John Sanna suggests, or Peacemaker suggests, then, uh, you know, maybe there's some validity to it. And the other little quick snippet, there's something great when actors can give you, like, something in a matter of seconds without saying anything. So there's this moment with Harley taking a bite from that apple and looking over at Joel Kinneman and the expression on their faces is one of those conversations people have when, They've been around each other long enough, you know, and they can read each other's looks and ha- just have a conversation that way. I thought it was one of the loveliest moments in the uh, whole setup. But, Brad, as you said, there was also so many other great movies to look forward to. And I, for one, am really excited to uh, to look forward to all of these coming our way. Kendra, what do you think?
2: I think I'm in the same boat excitement-wise, and I'm, I'm never going to say no to seeing more Harley. So... To get a lot of her obviously gave me the happy, happy, joy, joys, but I mean, I, I liked seeing that we're getting, again, with open doors, especially with characters that you don't normally see on a screen. So I I like that. I like that this opens for characters who aren't as well known to be given a platform for new fans that are coming in exclusively for ones that they may know like Harley steve what about you
1: yeah absolutely i mean everyone knows about amanda waller rick flag and harley we know them we love them and they're gonna be suicide squad mainstays but seeing all the other characters i mean peacemaker bloodsport Ratcatcher, all of those guys i'm so looking forward to it it's a great ensemble it's a great cast of actors i mean damn i mean every single one um is just gonna be fantastic This film looks crazy. This film looks action packed. This film looks dark. It's like everything you could actually hope for from a Suicide Squad movie. So all those little pieces do really tease you. And Seth, I agree. The bit with the apple is fantastic. It's tiny, but it really, really works. And it evokes everything from garden of eden and and eve taking a bite out of the apple to two people like you say who know each other now this clearly means that they've been on a few more missions since the first movie or just that they become closer like they had in the comics whichever way it goes down i'm really really looking forward to it so bring it on bring on the gang and let the shooting begin well that brings us to the end of our movie news so now Let's go to the little bitty screen and talk TV. Do you talk TV? Kill Unicron. Destroy the Gan Bar, Eliminate even the toughest stains. Yes, I talk TV. And Titans is one of my favorite shows. And Tim Drake is my favorite Robin. Put the two together and what do you get? Brad, what do we get?
3: Well, it looks like we have cast uh, Tim Drake in Titans Season 3. Uh, Jay LaCurgo. I am not familiar with his work, although I, I have heard that the show he was on, uh, on HBO, that I may destroy you was really good. So I have heard that that's definitely worth checking out. But, um, you know, it's intriguing that we're getting, uh, Tim Drake, because it seems like this next season is going to be very, uh, Starfire centric, but it also looks like we're going to be getting a lot of cool Gotham characters, now we're getting Tim Drake. We're getting Barbara Gordon. So, you know, it's it's always fun to watch how Titans weaves those characters in and out. So I I always like news that we're going to get, you know, characters from the Titans family or the Batman family, what have you. But um, yeah, yeah, I I just wish that we would know
4: when this was going into production. Uh, Seth, what do you think? That's a question I want an answer to. (laughs) I love it when you ask the good ones, Brad. Um, I love Tim Drake. He's that that Robin to me that, you know, he just felt like he was a little bit smaller, relied on his wits, was so just, I don't know, there was something so great about what he represented. There was a promise. And, you know, I'm fully aware of the fact that I am the, Look at the hope. Look at the optimism. Look <laughs> look for the sunshine. I swear it's there. You know, look for the light. Uh, that, was, that was one of those things Tim represented for me, and he still does. So I'm well aware of the fact that I'm not familiar with this actor. But I am aware of the fact how much I've loved what Titans has brought to the screen from so much of what feels like it's just ripped out of the pages of DC Comics and also what that can mean for my expectation, my excitement for the idea of seeing Tim Drake, in addition to all these other characters that we've been talking about, Brad, you, you brought it up. You know, we're going to get to see uh, Barbara Gordon at a different point in her life and, and so many others. And I think you uh, have the question we're all going to be waiting to hear next on one of these news lists, which is when is it starting? And when do we get to see it? Kendra, what was your take on this one?
2: I actually am a little bit familiar with this actor because I've seen him in the, uh, the HBO Max series, I May Destroy You. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see him take on the role of Tim Drake. I mean, it'll be the first time that we've seen uh, Tim Drake in a live-action aspect. So not only are those, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily put it as big shoes to fill, but it kind of is being part of the Bat family. You've got quite an audience that's keeping their eye on you and how you portray their favorite character. Um, but given what, what this young man has done previously and, and seeing him, um, kind of do his thing, I have no, no doubt in my mind that he's going to rock out the, the story of Tim Drake and, and embody that character. So I'm excited to see him bring it, bring it to Titans. Steve, what about you?
1: Oh, thank you for that, Kendra. That vote of confidence for Jodie Kogo is really, really, really good news. That That makes me a lot happier because, again, I'm not familiar with the actor. But like you also said, yes, Tim Drake is a big deal. I mean, let's think about this carefully. He was introduced in 1989 in the comics, the same year Tim Burton released his seminal classic legendary Batman movie. Yet that's how long Tim Drake has been around people. And this is the first time we've seen him live action. Okay, we've had him animated, but it's not the same thing. So we do need an actor of quality to portray this character. Um, I mean, people look at me saying, "Well, you're the biggest Batman fan in the world. How can Tim Drake be your favorite Robin? Easy dick grayson's a grown man he's nightmare he's stepped out of that role uh jason todd has become red hood he again has died come back and stepped out of the role damien is um damien let's just face it (laughs) uh, he's uh a law unto himself but tim is the robin we probably all saw from day one we've grown with this guy we've watched him and like you said seth positivity he's the Robin that didn't come in with dead parents he wasn't drafted in or dragged into the role he chose it he sought it out himself he saw Batman going down the wrong path he worked out Batman's um, secret identity so this guy yeah Kendra he's a big deal and finally finally we're going to get him on a great show like Titans and hey what Barbara Gordon as well, looking like she's actually going to be Oracle and not Batgirl. Damn, I wish I was a Batman fan. Oh, hang on a second. I am a Batman fan. Yay, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'll calm myself down now. Right, let's talk about other TV and um, Batman. Oh, I'm extra happy. Lots more Batman coming to HBO Max. Oh, I just wish I had HBO Max. <laughs> right (laughs)
3: yeah i'm happy to see all this stuff coming to hbo max and i hope it's something that they continue since you know i think officially as a streaming service dc universe is now done completely so you know one of my biggest concerns was some of that older stuff disappearing forever and us not getting able to see it you know that had been on the dc streaming service but now that they're you know really turning on the spigot here and get you know we're getting all the batman movies from like the tim burton um batman forever and batman and robin era even though i I don't think any of us will go back and watch batman and robin anytime soon but still it's good tonight it's nice to have the option and brave and the bold and i just i just hope that that's something that that continues with you know down the line with some of these animated series that that uh i haven't seen so i love that batman the animated series was released and it looks like static shock is coming as well so that's something that i'll be able to uh catch up on so yeah i think this is
4: this is great news for hbo max uh seth what do you think okay so i think i'm having a brain thing and i need you guys help <laughs> because i i was I am still excited about this announcement, and Steve, we're gonna figure out some way to get you HBO Max. I I, I don't know Steve. how. See, uh, it, guys, come on, DC Comics, Warner's, uh, how cute is this guy? Like, how do you not like just you know get one of those fiber optic wires and just pitch it on over? I'll do there. all the washing up for a month. See, all of it. So here's the thing. I'm flipping through this and I'm reading uh, this story, which actually was written by our Mr. Brad Falicki. And as I'm looking through it and reading it, I'm finding myself paying attention to different things and glancing through. And then I get down to February 15th and my brain starts twitching and then it starts itching. And then, well, and then it does a little wiggle. But it says the Batman for February 15th. And my brain sort of pauses and goes, okay. uh, is there an animated the Batman that did, did Batman get moved up from March four? did. <sighs> so I don't know if this is a lead that got buried. If this is maybe Steve, you Kendra, you guys dark night news, you write more Batman than I can imagine. Uh, But is anybody else? Like, like, yeah,
3: there, so that's that my brain a, doing Batman. that right now. Yeah, there was a the Animated? Batman.
1: Animated okay. Yeah, no, yeah, no, you're yeah. right. There is a the Batman there. in, I mean, it's probably Beware the Batman, and um, Warner just dropped the ball when they announced it. But, oh, can you imagine? Oh, baby. Doesn't baby, that just baby.
4: tickle the brain? Like there's like someone with a feather just going like, Seth, we're
1: not what is y'all. brain?
4: <laughs> it's that thing between my ears that lets me chuckle, and then I chuckle. So, yeah, that's my chuckle. Kendra, how about you? <laughs> yeah, I'm
2: <laughs> I'm excited to see everything, too. It feels like they're bringing the whole of, of, of the Batman. And I, for one, although it sounds like I'll be by myself, will be enjoying Batman and Robin because it has two of my favorite You won't favorite be by yourself. Films. I watched
1: it today. I don't hate that movie either.
2: <laughs> Thank you you (laughs) i love mr freeze and ivy so (laughs) i i'll watch it i'm i'm a little sad that i don't have any terry mcginnis but i i will suffer through that because we also get stuff like justice league and justice league unlimited and of course static shock so Anyone who's a fan of the animated versions of these characters and getting to see those stories, I mean, it's going to be where you're going to want to lock yourself up with some snackies and some drinks and not leave or talk to anybody for a long time. Steve, what about you?
1: Please, Warner Brothers, I'll make the bed, I'll do the dishes, I'll do the laundry, I'll bring you snacks and hot drinks. Please let us have HBO Max in England and Europe and Australia. Please! I want to watch all the batman things because i like batman so yeah that's all i have to say about that because i want them (laughs) but one thing we're definitely going to be getting and anyone who's heard the original 20 episodes knows that uh seasons two and seasons three of the audio adventures of Morpheus, Lord of Dreams, are coming to an audible device near you. Brad, I know you gonna dig this. Oh oh yes,
3: yes, yes, I am. This is great because not only was was the production top notch, but this means that it was successful enough that it will probably carry over and we'll be able to get the entire series in audio format and that is uh an amazing thing so yeah I'm so psyched about this and in a related note I I did want to update something that Seth and I talked about last uh last episode and that was the fact that um Gwendolyn Christie was cast in in the Netflix series and we kind of wondered about who she would play and I mentioned destruction but man she she's gonna be Lucifer and that kind of gobsmacked me because I'm like, man, that's actually a great idea. I can totally see that. But, you know, it didn't really occur to me at first because I the roles that I've seen Gwendolyn and Christie play have been so such a strong physical force. And uh, Lucifer is more of the mind games uh, kind of flamboyant Kind of you know that type of character, so it 's going to be really fun t- to to watch her play that character, and she i think I think she she looks the part, so i I was really excited about that little bit of Sandman news as well, but you know I, the more sandman the better, so yes i can 't wait uh, Seth, what do you think
4: I mean, I think the uh, decision to get uh, more acts of the Sandman series is pretty. Kind of like a no-brainer in which I don't need that thing between my ears, which lets me chuckle because it, it's not really necessary when the money's just there. And I also feel like this could potentially, you know, given the quality that's been used so far and the uh, library that's available, I mean, this could open the doors for just about everything that uh, Neil Gaiman has put pen to paper for. And I mean, You guys know this much better than I do, but that's quite a catalog. The man has written a few things, a couple of, you know, little here, little there. And the idea that the response to this first project was so great that it could be the start of uh, a long running. I I don't know how long, but (laughs) impressively so is uh, pretty interesting. And then, Brad, you, you got my brain twisted up, man. That's a. That's a lovely little news drop right there. Um, I do like the idea now, as you described it, because the uh, the conflict that you've suggested or the the contrast, the idea that, you know, Gwendolyn Christie, which I always hope I'm saying someone's name correctly, because I often don't, uh, has been such a physical presence. And then taking that already known uh, conception and then. For those who have seen her, and though even those who haven't, if she still has that sort of physicality, but it's restrained, it's it's coiled up like a snake, like you would expect Lucifer to be, and available to display for the right times in the story. Man, that could be a really gorgeous portrayal. It, it does uh, add to the excitement for Netflix, and now, potentially, I mean, it's got me thinking, okay, so when do we get a Lucifer Audible? Hey, Kendra, what do you think? Ooh
2: so with this i'm i'm absolutely super super stoked gaiman's work is some of my absolutely like oh like it just in the top echelon because ones like Coraline, like um like american gods yes like morpheus yes absolutely sits at the top of this because it is is absolutely masterful and it is the complete story but I love that my theme for this episode has been opening doors because I really think that with the success that this has garnered, we as fans can look forward to more from his bibliography, and for me personally, I would love, 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 love to see the cast of American Gods come forward and reprise their roles in an audible setting especially Orlando Jones coming back as Ananazi, because I don't think anybody has done Mr. Nancy the way that he'd has. But for other books like like Coraline, I, I just think that if this continues to get the traction that it does with with Morpheus and, and the dreaming that we could we could see those doors open. And I'm here for every bit of that. Steve, what about you?
1: everything you all just said i mean let's, let's think about this neil Gaiman has to be one of the greatest comic book writers hell one of the greatest writers on the face of the earth no doubt his novels his comics his tv his everything and you guys have all heard the sandman audios right I, I know brad you definitely have you uh, yeah. seth kendra have you heard the audios yes yes lovely literally they're like having the comic books In your brain that little thing which i sometimes have and it's just magic and the fact they've announced season two will be the middle period and season three will be the last two books um awesome i'm so happy and with the news of the tv casting as well and i don't know if you saw um brad that Taryn egerton apparently is reprising his role he's going to be playing constantine in the tv version just like he did in the audio version so that's awesome news Um, as well Uh, Gwendolyn Christie is Lucifer, that to me just makes me smile, because looking at the original source material, looking at the comics, Lucifer was God's greatest angel, his most beautiful, his most powerful, and that androgynous quality about the character, I think Gwendolyn Christie epitomises that. She will be this angel because that's what lucifer was he, all his real crime is just not listening to dad and i think in that case we're all satan in a way aren't we think we've all done it at some point or other in our lives so oh sandman definitely coming back for two more seasons the whole 75 issues and specials being done hey if that means that we're going to get death stories i want a death series i want the three death books I want High Cost of Living, I want The Time of Your Life, I want At Death's Door, I want those three stories done as well, Black Orchid, Kid kid Eternity, The Books of Magic has to be done. Um, If it means more Neil Gaiman, more of his characters, sign me up. Mm -hmm. Right, that is the end of our TV and movie news, so we're going to take a little break. We're going to powder our noses, uh, visit the little person's room, have a cup of tea and a chinwag. But don't go away. Listen to these wonderful ads so we can keep the lights on and keep bringing you the shows you love. We'll be right
0: back after this very important word from our sponsors. Hey there, DC fans. This is Josh Rayner, editor-in-chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien, everything out there in the world you can, you can find. You got books, collectibles, uh, pop-up greeting cards. They have all kinds of amazing items, and right now you can get 35% off site-wide by using the code DCNEWS35. That's D-C-N-E-W-S-3-5. DCNEWS35. Use that code and receive 35% off site-wide at InsightEditions.com.
5: This is Seth Singleton from DC Comics News. Here to tell you about The Spinner Rack. Each and every week, DC Comics publishes so many great books, it can be hard to decide where to invest your time and money. And that's where The Spinner Rack comes in. The Spinner Rack is my honest attempt to rate, review, score the top five books from DC Comics each and every week. How can you listen? It's easy. All you have to do is go to your favorite platform subscribe to dc comics news podcasts and wait for the new episode to load up join me each and every week as i sift through the best from dc comics and pick my top five books can't wait to share them with you and to hear your scores when you share them with us right here on the dc comics news podcast
4: My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher.
1: First, there was the DC Comics News podcast. Then came The Spitter Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the night. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the night. Why, hello there.
5: I'm Seth Singleton. And I'm here to tell you about mad Book,
4: a Harley Quinn cast. Three,
5: two, one.
4: Harley Quinn? Harley fucking Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making
2: bat shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, go
6: And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up the bat, I'm nuts. I definitely do not. In need of an adult-sized nemesis.
3: Humans make good fertilizer.
6: You can't f with Lois Lane. For fuck's sake. I'm a damn good cop. A lot of lasers.
1: Hmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love: The Harley Quinn Cast. <laughs> Back to you,
5: Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. F***ers. Picture this someone who knows nothing about comics.
1: Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new facts, superheroes, or
5: dummies.
1: Part of the Comics in Motion podcast network.
6: What's up, everybody? I am Kelly Gaines for DC Comics News.
1: I
7: am Tony Hasty for This Show.
6: And we are here to introduce our new show, DCN After Dark. This is the late night talk show for all of the wild ideas, fascinating concepts, and scandalous tales straight from the DC universe.
7: We are not going to hold any punches. We are going to give all of our opinions straight off the dome, and sometimes we'll be writing it down. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the sensitive ears. It is not for any children. Your discretion is going to be advised because we are going to be swearing a lot.
6: Yes. Yeah. And possibly, maybe by episode five, getting to our hundredth f- joke. <laughs> Here's <Monday>. hoping. <laughs>
7: We're gonna have guests on this show. We're gonna be guests on other shows, but we're not going to finish this sentence.
5: <laughs> off,
7: the t- off the cuff, let's go. Off the cuff, off the cuff. Anything you off, want. Anything you top. want.
6: Scooby Doo would be a better detective than Jim Gordon. There you go. That's that is what this whole show is about.
7: That's what the show is about. We're gonna That's be talking the- about. We're gonna be talking about stuff like that. Should we have seen more of the bat? Go.
6: No, no one had to see more of the bat.
7: No, I didn't
6: want God damn it. Look, all right. We're going to. Scooby Doo, DCN After Dark. Check us out. Watch us without your kids. And if you were a kid, you shouldn't have even seen this promo.
7: Drink recipes, content creation, reviews, unsolicited advice, and very inappropriate jokes.
6: Yes. And a Santa, uh, an unseasonable un- 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 Santa hat except it's season but whatever check us out
0: (laughs)
7: not getting rid of the santa hat
0: available exclusively on youtube
1: and we have returned it's episode 104 of the dc comics news podcast brad seth kendra and i are talking news what news dc news movie news tv news and now comic book news joshua williamson one of my favorite writers formerly of the flash will be guiding the dc universe into an all-new and if an infinite frontier brad your thoughts my friend uh, i
3: you know i i'm looking forward to uh to this issue issue zero uh you know a lot of my favorite moments in the d c universe as a universe, not necessarily in particular issues but as a universe have been in these issues that introduce us to kind of like whether it be rebirth or you know a big event things like that so i'm I'm looking forward to uh to what d c has in store and Kind of the idea of unchaining it from continuity and the multiverse and the omniverse and all that—it's—it's it's, you know possibilities are endless. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to this, and I, and I I've loved almost everything from Future states so far. So I think that um, once again, this is you know part of that golden age of being a DC
4: fan. Seth, what would you think? This was a gorgeous interview. I mean, <laughs> Joshua Williamson has really impressed me with his Flash Avengers. run. Right. And I love the fact that he has sort of seen the rest of the DC universe and been able to pitch these ideas that he's talking about. Um, The concept that's described is that Infinite Frontier starts off right at the end of Death Metal 7. And it's Wonder Woman and Spectre trying to figure out what the cost that they warned uh, would be the uh, price that had to be paid for the changes that were happening and how they go on this journey all across you know the universes of dc to find it so there's something to me that's that's fun about bringing in uh the kind of ethereal presence of the specter and also this idea of wonder woman diana becoming a god but knowing that there's these warnings and things she wants to take care of how that's you know this uh way of propelling the story forward. And then all the stuff that appears to be coming out of it. Um, there's a lot of great suggestions in here. There's a lot of like lovely ideas about how he sees things. I mean, I would just say if you get a chance, find this Joshua Williamson interview, take a look through. Because there's some lovely also little sneaky bits in there about the idea, you know, of uh Mr. James uh the fourth working on an Alan Scott centered chapter and and just some other I mean Man, I I love what they're talking about here. You guys have heard me do my rant on Alan Scott. I don't need to do it every time. And he's a flash writer who has just shown me another side of a character I love and what he's been doing in other parts of DC Universe, what he did with Endless Winter and things like that. I mean, I have a lot of faith in this guy and it's a a lot of fun to hear what he's got coming next. Kendra, what do you think?
2: Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, with this, this, there's so much to unpack. First of all, Mr. Williamson, I see you trying to hide stuff about why this is a zero issue instead of number one. I look forward to seeing why you're being so secretive. But, I mean, even, even if I knew nothing about what was going on, if I knew nothing about future state, if I knew nothing about death metal, I'm in the comic shop and I'm just walking through, and I see this variant cover by John Timms for The Infinite Frontier. I would immediately pick it up because it is that gorgeous. I mean, The Wonder Woman Spectre is just, it's absolutely spectacularly done. I actually look forward to seeing how Williamson is going to be able to integrate. Infinite Frontier into what's going on with Future State or to come off of Future State with it because he does say that they're going to work in tandem Um, that, that given that prior knowledge about what was to come with Future State since it was only supposed to come first helped to develop what was coming with Infinite Frontier so either way I think that this is a really good time to be a DC fan because they have gone from big arc to bigger arc to, I cannot wait to see what this is going to be. Steve, what about you?
1: Oh, so exciting. I mean, like Brad said, we were all talking for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, which issues of future state we were gonna pick up and getting them two weeks in advance as we have been recently, means I've been able to read all of them. And now I want to buy all of them. And I'm going to end up very poor, alone, living under a bridge when my wife kicks me out the house because so many comics but hey um now i want another one like you said that alternate cover is spectacularly spectacularly good it's brilliant it's wonder woman full as well um wow give me all the comics i want to break all the infinite barriers and cross all the infinite frontiers i want to read everything i can possibly read oh yeah give them to me now (sighs) but batman news strange unheard of character we know but he's going to be starring in a new children's graphic novel with his sidekick robin and howard brad give us your thoughts
3: Uh, i i I don't know if if anybody's familiar with the darth vader and son books but they were Fantastic. Uh, Yeah, very clever and, dare I say it, cute. And, uh, you know, I I think that the Batman-Damien, Bruce Wayne-Damien kind of relationship makes a perfect, uh, like, the perfect next step for uh, for Jeffrey Brown and his work. So I I think this will be, uh, you know, a fun little read for everyone. And I always love the idea of these books as a way for comic book fans to get their children into these characters um you know sometimes the movies are a little too intense for the younger audiences but books like this that's a perfect perfect way to introduce them to these characters so i just i I love this idea uh seth what do you think
4: i'm just curious when we're going to get to see howard in his own title for dc comics yes i'm waiting (laughs) there we go uh There's this, there's this, uh, you know, really just sweet feeling from this book and the the images that they give us. Uh, it It's, it's just very tenderhearted. And I love the idea that we get to see Damien and he's, uh, <laughs> he's learning about being friends, about rivalry, about what it's like at a new school. And I mean, he's got a pretty cool dad on top of it, but mixing in the uh, the real world struggles that are described by the author, this idea of just pulling him out of the element and also revealing to us a little bit more about who Damien is aside from being the uh, you know the, the, the son who was raised by assassins, of which his mother is sometimes the head of and who has um, had some very turbulent times in his life. Who else is this guy? Like, what's his favorite snack at school? Uh, What sort of things do we see him gravitate towards and how is his relationship with Howard and his friendship opening him up to stuff that maybe he never would have been exposed to before? I I think it's just a, a really great example of how we've seen some lovely original graphic novels coming out featuring DC characters geared towards younger audiences that have been superb. Uh, phenomenal! I, I love the one that they had a little while back with uh, with Wonder Woman as a young girl, and so many other great examples that we can talk about. Um, you know, the the Swamp Kid, the <laughs> Teen Lantern. There's there's been some great examples that younger audiences can really um, identify with and engage with, and this looks like another wonderful addition. Kendra, your take?
2: I've actually picked up the Jedi Academy series by Brown uh, for my son, and and it, it, it's a great way for, in that realm, to introduce younger audiences to the Star Wars universe. And I think that Brown's going to be able to do that again um, with with Mr. Damian Wayne, because this artwork, it's very, very popular with kids right now, especially in that, that target market. I mean, look at what Dave Pilkey's been able to do with Captain Underpants and with Dogman. I mean, these are books that not only you know, have children wanting to read them, but it, it, it's something that they enjoy reading, especially when it's something that they can identify with. And what kid can identify with being there for the first day of school and being nervous about who they're they're going to interact with or are they going to like me? Am I going to have friends? You know, who am I going to sit by? You know, I mean, it's, it's genius. It's relatable. And I'm really glad to see that DC not only is – you know, like we said a couple months ago, putting their, their toes in the water for all age markets, but they're doing so successfully. Steve, what about you?
1: Yeah, having diversity in your comics is huge. I mean, we're probably all childhood fans, and if we weren't, we wanted to be if we couldn't get access to them. So it's massively important to have a book like this out there, and especially featuring a character like Damien, who when he was first introduced was probably the most unlikable character in comics arrogant self-centered self-important a complete pain in the and let's move on quickly because we can't use that kind of language in this show but um having him in a school setting making friends and howard what little we know of him he sounds fascinating And yes, Seth, this guy should get his own series. You've heard of Howard Stern. You've heard of Howard the Duck. Let's have Howard the Human in his own comic book series featuring his pal Damien. I'm all in. Let's have comics build new fans grab them from a young age with quality storytelling and this guy like you said darth vader and son the jedi academy books this is a guy who can write for kids get them involved get them engrossed and hey what i've read of his i've loved every bit as much am i a big kid maybe who knows who cares at the end of the day he's a writer writing great stories that'll get people involved and that's all anyone can ask for as a fan so yep I'm all for it. Let's bring that on. Now, something else I'm on board with, I do apologise for the pun, but it was wholly intentional, is Comic-Cons on a cruise ship. Image and other companies have been doing this. Comic-Cons on a cruise ship. Should DC do something similar? Is this the way forward or is this idea all out at sea? I'm sorry, Brad. Take it from there. (laughs)
3: uh you know i i do appreciate the fact that image is kind of they're doing like a survey like when would you feel comfortable is this something that we should pursue um and that's just a interesting way to interact with fans because it's something that i'm curious about too you know even though things are going to open we don't know how safe people are going to feel or if they're just going to you know, feel so relieved to be able to actually go out and do something that they're just going to go crazy and go to everything. So it's just hard to say. Me personally, you know, if if it was safe, I would love the idea of a Comic Con cruise. Uh, I, I would absolutely jump at the opportunity to do it. But, you know, definitely not until we're 100% sure that it's absolutely, absolutely safe. Uh, Seth, what'd you think?
4: Well, I, for one, am, and sorry, Steve, glad that this story popped up on our radar. And I I have to be honest, when it comes to the topic, I have concerns, oh, you'll want to keep that handy, that this subject, let alone idea, can actually <clears throat> hold water. Uh, <laughs> you know, keeping in mind the fact that for me, even before the pandemic, I always had this, like, concern about... Uh, cruise ships, simply for the fact that you're in this contained environment where you know it's kind of like a situation where when things happen, they happen quickly and they spread rapidly. And I never liked the idea of getting sick or getting sick by other people. And we're we're still working out like what is the safest way to make sure large groups of people can be around each other. You know, is it an inoculation? Is it the antibodies or or what? Or is it just adequate testing? And I think until we get that figured out, this is going to seem really scary. (laughs) And I'm also just going to be grateful that I held back at only a few puns. Steve, I don't know if we can hold this restraint much longer. We'll see how much longer the topic continues. Kendra, what was your take?
2: I think that I'm in agreement. With the fact that it's currently right now...
1: Oh, come on, Kendra. That's the time when you should have said you're in the same boat. Come on.
4: Yes! Oh, fine, fine. <laughs> I, will I feel like we're all pulling oars in, in the right army. direction. God
3: damn it. <laughs> fine, I
2: will join the pun army. I am in the same boat waiting on Gilligan and the Skipper. Because Woo!
5: Here, here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Because I think that right now it's, it's a great... Way to, you know, posture ideas to fans about how to differ a Comic Con experience. But, like everyone has brought up, it's not exactly feasible to think of in the right here and now. It's something that I'm glad that they're looking into the far future of 2022 or 2023 to see if this is even going to be something that they can do. But it does say here that Image has held these conventions twice on a boat and that they, they were met with, with a pretty good reception. So who knows what those futures are gonna hold when it comes to COVID and, and what we're doing at that point, whether whether we're we're in a place where it's not so scary. But currently I'm I'm wearing the same life jacket as Seth. And I'm going to say that it's a little bit too soon to be thinking about things like this. What about you,
1: Steve? Well said. Absolutely. It, it's it's early days. But let's be clear of this. This is a really great idea for a few reasons. A, the popularity of going on cruises. It's huge. It's probably the biggest business in terms of um, vacations that there is going. And My wife um, is in a safe job even though she works in travel, because she works for a premier cruise company. And if you put a a cruise and tie it together with a convention and have people of a like mind, people you can enjoy yourself with, have fun with, cosplay with, buy comics with, um, listen to music with and talk to, it could be a great thing as long as it's done safely, as long as it's done properly and things are done with health and everything else. Close to heart and close to the mind because I'm not one to make waves, and um, I, I do hope it's all plain sailing. And this isn't a, just a, a sink or swim situation here. So, um, <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> throw, throw me a lifesaver because I'm drowning here. I'm drowning, but um, at least if I'm hungry, I can order food in a mother box as we move on to other news um park road restaurant delayed opening last year for obvious reasons but it is coming and they're going to be doing takeout brad what's on your cosmic menu i
3: you know i i don't know um but uh, um i'm interested in this because i've never done like the the, like the kind of um blue apron or things like that and this seems like it might be something similar to that this might you know be the one thing that makes me want to try those but yeah I, i'm I, i'm intrigued uh you know intrigued what they're going to offer uh seth what do you think
4: i like the part where i don't have to make it um because <laughs> i cook so if i'm gonna do cooking there's a part of me that's like just you know let me know what the recipe is and i'll go get it however if presented with these ingredients and it's it's themed as well as the mother box food idea is as far as the meal you know, going with the movie. Uh, It sounds really fun. Unfortunately, I don't get a chance to experience it because the article points out this is only taking place over in Steve's neck of the woods. So I'm curious. Yeah, but you
1: guys have got HBO Max, so let us have this one, Seth.
4: I'm totally (laughs) going to let you have it. Are you kidding? I'm actually, what I'm going to need from you is some insight, you know, from someone, either if you get it, if someone you know gets it. I I don't know the how or the why, but... uh, I'm curious to hear more. You know that that insight from the other side. Kendra, what's your take before we hear from Steve? You know, <laughs> I'm
2: sorry that reaction was great. <laughs> 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 we get HBO Max. Let us have the food. Feed <laughs> <laughs> <me> the food. <laughs> feed me, Seymour. Feed me. <laughs> No, but this is cool. I mean, yes, it's it's happening over across the pond, but it's it's awesome and and Steve, I hope that you do get a chance to take advantage of this. Because how how awesome is that to have not only order in food while you're watching the movie, but it it's themed for the movie you're watching. It's like having a comic book experience where you have a soundtrack that you get to listen to while you're reading it that's helping amp up the the experience i love it i love it i'm sorry that hbo max isn't across the pond we'll keep that here for now steve
0: <clears throat> But um.
1: <laughs> <laughs> on a more positive note we've got the restaurant nina neener, nina neener. <laughs> and yes i mean guys uh do go back into that uh Article because there's a few links there. Um, our writer John um, is, is just the, the coolest, coolest guy in the world. And yes, he, he may have also brought dinosaurs back from the dead in a parallel world, but that's not his fault. He was just trying to do something nice. But he uh, broke the news of the restaurant opening because he works for um, councils in, in the UK. And he broke the news of the restaurant opening and he actually interviewed the director as well when uh, the news broke to talk about the restaurant and what influenced it and if you look at the pictures of what they're planning and the fact that it's multiple restaurants in one there's an iceberg lounge there's a, a a sushi bar there's all kinds of things and it all dc comics related with characters figures architecture all based on dc comics and it's just so exciting and now they're going to do takeout in a mother box well damn if D.C. now doesn't just stand for delicious cuisine. Mm, mm, mm. And if I go and eat at the restaurant, yeah, I'm sending you guys pictures. And hey, if you're ever in this neck of the woods, well, hey, I know where we're going to go have our dindins. Comic book food is nice. Speaking of nice, would you like to play a game? Brad, I know you do. What do you think about the Gotham Knights nice release? Gotham Knights release date and all this wonderful news that's come with it.
3: I yeah, I'm glad that it's going to be released this year, and I hope that they can maintain it. I, I think that they're smart not to give a specific date and just say sometime this year. That gives them a little bit of flexibility, uh, especially you know still dealing with not only COVID. In relations to the the strain that that's put on production of the new consoles, but also on game development in general. Um, I, I still haven't gotten a PS5 or an Xbox Series X because one of the main reasons being is that not only are they super hard to find, but the offerings are pretty anemic at this point. There's not really a whole lot of exclusive games that you can't get on, you know, the Xbox One or the PS4. So, you know, the fact that this is this is definitely going to be one of those things that's going to make me want to get the new console, even though it is going to be offered on the four, you know, PS4 and on the Xbox One, but it's still something that I think I'm going to want to play on the um, on the new, you know, on the latest technology. Um, you know, I I think that this would be a great game to have out around the holidays. Uh, I, I do know I think though that the other Arkham games released in the summer so we'll see if they'll be able to keep that schedule which i i do kind of doubt so i do think that we'll see this probably towards the you know you know uh in the fall or around the holiday season but i i'm super super excited
4: to uh to play it uh seth what do you think i was really impressed with this story i i got a kick out of the fact that you know So much of what we've had to report about the past year is what it's affected and where the delays have occurred. And this seems to be like a project that, uh, for whatever reasons, was able to persevere. Either it was far enough along that these final stages or whatever remains to be completed can be done without too much uh, delay or impact. And, I mean, everything I've heard about the games from you guys has been... Really cool it's harder for me to give as much comic because I simply don't have a system, and uh, it's kind of like you know trying to talk about something you hear about <laughs> you can only do so well so far, so I defer. Kendra, what was your take?
2: I really, really, really really, really really, really hope there's no delay on this one because the graphics and the open world setting where you have either yourself. In solo play, or the ability to have another hero with you while you patrol Gotham City. I'm so excited for it. Not to steer off of DC land, but the Spider-Man games have been absolutely masterfully done. And if it's anything like those, which the premise seems to be that it will be like that with the Miles Morales games, then gamers are in for an absolute treat. I mean... Like I said, the graphics for this one, the way that they've got the characters going, the, the in-play game that we've gotten to see, there's not a whole bunch of it aside from the trailer and a couple pieces here and there, but it looks so fun. I'm excited to see not only the different skins that you're able to have when it comes to the characters, um, how in-depth the story is going to go, what villains we're going to get to play with. I'm here for it, and I really, really hope that there's no setbacks Steve, what about you?
1: It really makes me happy when I hear people who I know are really into the games get so excited about this kind of thing. Again, I'm not a video game player, but my son is, and he devoured all the Arkham games in the Telltale series, and he's excited for Gotham Knights. Um, not least because um, it's not Batman, Batman is presumed dead, it's the other guys, the characters who are always sidekicks, always side players they're getting the starring role and again the excitement the things we don't know the baddies the villains the settings the story but like you said kendra and and brad that what we have seen of this game it looks great so I don't know if I'll get to play it because I often enjoy watching other people play more than actually taking part myself. I've watched Adam play the Arkham games forever and ever and ever. And it's, it's like watching a new Batman movie because he plays these characters like he's actually in the Batsuit. So I'm looking forward to it for that reason and that reason alone. So brilliant. Yeah. Let the games begin, as they say so that's brought to an end all our news for the evening but as always i want to offer the floor to my colleagues my friends my buddies my pals um guys any of the stories we've spoken about this evening that you wanted to add a little bit more on that we didn't get a chance to talk about earlier first of all with you seth
4: um as far as the, what we're what we've covered so far i I think overall, the the one that's really sticking with me at the moment, just as I let it you know bubble to the surface, is that that whole idea of seeing not only Tim in the Titan series and what it's going to be like to see that portrayal of, of Robin, who you know you guys pointed out like even though he hasn't appeared on screen, there's the fact that there's already big shoes to fill as far as that first portrayal, and then also my excitement over this Joshua Williamson interview and what he has let us know so far about. The infinite frontier so those are probably the two that are really sticking with me at the moment maybe i'm biased because he wrote flash for as many years and you know i have this sort of affinity but uh those are my thoughts at the moment who to next what about
1: you kendra
2: i think i'm gonna go with the one that's still the freshest in my mind and it's going to be the one for gotham knights and the fact that we might get to see this game and play this game that being said, I don't want to see something rushed like it was with Cyberpunk, where we have people who aren't able to play it. Um, but if this game is is half of what the promise of the trailer is, it's going to be a great
3: year. Brad, what about you? Yeah, I, I agree. I think the, the I was really excited to get more news on Gotham Knights. Uh, you know, I really do hope they can get it out uh this year and i just on a personal level i just i hope that it's a good single player experience and that it doesn't have to be played co-op because i really just like playing single player games i'm too old for all the nonsense of multiplayer games even if it's co-op but that's just no a thing and <laughs> and i any any time that we have the sandman to talk about or neil gaiman I'm happy. So the fact that we got Sandman news in any form just just uh, is is always a good day.
1: Yeah, I, I I echo that Sandman news in any way, shape or form is awesome. And the fact we've got the TV show on Netflix news this week, plus the confirmation of season two and season three of the audios, well, color me happy. I'm living in a dream. Uh, all my dreams have come true dream all you have to do is dream so that's it that was episode 104 of the ever magnificent dc comics news podcast with my friends my brothers my sister my sleepy awake and hopeful brethrens the dc comic news gang so people let's tell our listeners and dc comics news and dark night news readers where they can see more of you and talk to you brad
3: uh, you can find me uh, writing news and reviews for DC Comics News. You can find me on the uh, Mad Love Harley Quinn podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at FlickyB1.
4: As far as me, you can find me writing reviews for DC Comics News. You can find me on Twitter as One More Singleton. And. You can find me on Instagram, Seth The Writer. My dogs, Bruno and Fiji, are much cuter. Steve can attest. And then out there in the wider world.
1: They're cute poochies. They're so cute.
4: They they are the cute poochies. And then as far as the internet, um, just type in uh, Seth Singleton, the word story. Tell me where you find me. There's a couple of places. Let me know which one you do. Kendra, how about you?
2: Uh, I think I'm going to stick with Twitter being the best place to get a hold of me um, at devour all words. You can find any updates for me, whether it comes from Dark Knight News, uh, DC Comics News, uh, Fantastic Universes, Gothic by all of all of the places that I, I get a chance to write for and talk to my brilliant colleagues about everything that we love. Um, that's that's really it. Find me there. You want to talk, you feel froggy, you want to leap, you want to join the boat and go to the island with the skipper and me. That's the place to go. (laughs) Steve, what about you?
1: Magic. You can usually find me wherever you last left me. And if you can't find me, go to the last place you look because that's where you'll always find things. So look there first. Go to the last place you always look and look there first. That's where you'll find me. Other than that, just type in Steve J. Ray or Fantastic Universes into your search engine of choice and you can get all my writing there. To talk to me, tap L Stevo E-L underscore S-T-E-E-V-O, to chat with me on the Twitterverse. As for this wonderful show, you can catch it on Spotify, Stitcher. Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. You can catch DC Comics News and Dark Knight News on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, and everywhere else you find wonderful, wonderful internet things to do with DC Comics, Batman, and all your favourite characters. So, until next week, please like us, rate us, review us, follow us at DC Comics News at Newscom at Dark Knight News. And do say nice things, because we're nice people. And Warner Brothers... Give us DC Universe and HBO Max, or I'll be coming for you. All right? So, people, if I don't come for you and you survive, what does everyone really need to do? Read more comics and sail on more cruises. See you next week. Bye.
2: I feel like Come Sail Away needs to play those players out there. <laughs> Nice. O- only
3: if it's the Eric Carton version. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Islands in the stream, and that is what we are.
4: But then I also want like the uh, the old easy listening. Sailing takes me away <laughs> from all the things I'm going through. No,
5: Josh is really? going to
1: have such a good time because I have not stopped recording. <laughs>
4: oh, yeah. Oh, man. Okay, who's he going to drop on the tag for that?
1: That's <laughs> <be fun. laughs> I'll stop now, though, because um, I think we've embarrassed ourselves enough. We are crazy <laughs> mother